Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. She grew up with the children of the stars. Another episode of Believe in Kings. Yes, this is a podcast about the LA Kings. And yes, their season is over. But that doesn't mean that hockey doesn't live on. It's true, I know. So we, Kevin McClellan and myself, are still here to talk hockey because there is a ton of great stuff going on. Starting with a pair of first round sweeps. What did you think about that, Kevin? Well, just last week we were talking about how we thought Tampa Bay was going to, you know, have a pretty good playoff here after the season that they had. And, uh, you know, we both picked them to probably maybe be hoisting that Stanley Cup in late May, early June. But I tell you what, uh, uh, things started out well from that first game, 3 nothing, And then all of a sudden uh, Columbus stepped up and uh, just had a monster series against Tampa Bay. And next thing you know, they're out in the sidelines. And then you... You got Sidney Crosby and his gang in Pittsburgh, you know, going up against a pretty tenacious hockey club with the Islanders. And uh, next thing you know, they're out for nothing. So, again, that's what makes sport unbelievable. You never know who's going to win on a given night, who's going to win a playoff series, who's going to win that Stanley Cup at the end of the year. So it's a tough test to win the Cup. Those two teams are out. And, yeah, it's uh, odd. What did you think, Bodal? Oh, it was crazy. I, I, well, I guessed right. I said there would be a sweep in that series. I just thought it was going to be Tampa Bay (laughs) sweeping Columbus, not the other way around. That was insane. I think they really gained momentum for the entire series in that third period of the first game where they came back from a 3-0 deficit. That was incredible. And I guess being able to overcome that just gave them the confidence to go all the way. Yeah, and you talk talk, Tampa Bay, they kept saying even – their coach said that they never really faced any adversity all year. And sure yeah. enough, that was the first adversity they uh, faced and it didn't end up very well. But we both said too, that, you know, those first rounds, you got to be ready. And uh, the one mm-hmm. thing, the one thing Columbus had was they had to win seven of eight games down the schedule to uh, get in the playoffs. So they were already in that playoff mode. They were playing for, you know, the last eight games of the season for something to, uh, uh, accomplish and they did but also Tampa Bay you know I know it wasn't a priority for them but they were playing for that 62 wins too and uh, maybe yeah. they got maybe they got caught up in that a little bit too yeah and Columbus definitely played uh, like they were battling um, they won all the the races to the pucks they won along all the battles along the boards that's how they played was you know with that fight with that drive and that just overtook any kind of skill that Tampa Bay possibly could have. Yeah. And, you know, again, they made some uh, key acquisitions towards the end of the year and That's uh, true you, too. They, they were on the fence there of uh, whether they were going to uh, pack it in or, or go for it. And they went for it. So it might've taken a little bit for that new, uh, that new blood to come in and, uh, you know, find the chemistry. So it looks like they hit, hit it right at the right time. Yeah, and that's the first time in uh, Columbus franchise history that they've advanced past the first round. So good for them. Yeah, and you know it didn't look very good when uh, the other team uh, uh, playing Tampa. You look on the bench, and their coach was the coach that won the Stanley Cup uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So you mm. know Tort- mm-hmm. Tortore- Tortorella always uh, 
he got a lot to say in the media and stuff like that. But I tell you one thing, you got to give him a lot of credit. He always has his teams ready to go, and uh, they play a bit like him. They're they're cocky and, uh, and passionate. Uh, yeah, they play with a little bit of uh, gusto, and uh, you like to see that. You know, he's a good coach, and uh, you know he he uh, shows a lot of emotion. I think that uh, goes into his hockey team. Yeah, and that's the first time I believe in NHL history that the President's Trophy winning team was swept in the first round. Yeah, that was. And uh, again, what a great season for Tampa Bay. And, uh, you know, obviously a real bad uh, end to the season, but still hats off to them for the season that they did have. And, uh, you know, their big gunners just didn't get it going. And uh, yeah. uh, Columbus, their big guys, uh, they they all played uh, Tampa's big guys. And at the end of the day, that's what you need. Yeah, and speaking of big gunners, Pittsburgh, they weren't able to uh, fire either. No, and, and you just watch that game last night, and you're talking, you know, Crosby's got so much pressure on him, but, you know, mm-hmm. he, he, he never had a shot on that last night. But uh, he had so many opportunities, not so many, but he had two opportunities with about two minutes left where he had open shots in the middle of the ice in a real dangerous yeah. area, and he was trying to pass the puck to a uh, worse shooting area. So I would like to have saw him shoot the puck there a couple of times. Maybe they would have tied it up and uh, won in overtime and still lived on, but... You know, when you got a guy like that, you and he's in that position to shoot the puck, that's the guy you want shooting the puck for sure. Absolutely. And Jordan Eberle and, and Robin Leonard in net were key to New York's success, for sure. Yeah, Leonard was he was a monster in that series, for sure. And uh, Eberle, you know, he was a highly touted player that uh, never uh, really got the opportunity. Edmonton, he got the opportunity, didn't really do much with it. And uh, yeah. Now, all of a sudden, he uh, he was a catalyst in that uh, first round. But Leonard, what a great story with him, too, with all his uh, ups and downs in life to uh, go and have a series like that. Good for him. Yeah, I bet you uh, Edmonton's really regretting losing Eberle now. <laughs> yeah, they're probably regretting losing a few guys. I mean, they've traded some pretty good players away and uh, and uh, brought some different guys in. But that always happens when you bring a new GM. He usually brings a few of his players in and gets rid of some of the old guys. But, you know, another name you can throw in there is Taylor Hall. But imagine uh, mm. Taylor Hall and Everly still playing with McDavid. That would be a pretty good hockey club for sure. Absolutely. The Penguins only led for five minutes in that entire series. So it wasn't, uh, wasn't like they just, you know, let it go in the last game. They just were not stepping up to the plate at all. No, they weren't. And, you know, even uh, during the regular season, they had their struggles. And, you know, they uh, got on the roll a few times, won a few games back to back, and then finally solidified themselves in the playoffs. But it wasn't a real banner year for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, towards the end, they lost two defensemen that uh, uh, I think it was Dumbelin and uh, Latang that got injured. So they were just coming yeah. back from back from injuries who knows if they were at 100 percent too so there's That's always true. a lot of a lot of, lot of question marks and a lot of things that uh, us fans here don't know what's uh, going on inside the dress room wall so uh, it's a team that uh, you know is getting a little older now all the time too so they're gonna have some big decisions to make moving forward well good for the new york islanders because they're advancing past the first round for the second time only in 25 years so hopefully they uh, do well for the next round 
Yeah, and it's nice to see them back in there because, you know, when I played, obviously, before we uh, uh, started winning the Cups, the Islanders were such a such a dynasty and such a real hard place to go and play. And, uh, uh, you know, when you're talking Bossy, Trache and all those guys, uh, now they got a little bit of excitement back in uh, Long Island, and uh, hopefully they go a long way. Yeah, now on the other side of the coin, uh, the Winnipeg-St. Louis series has been fairly evenly matched. Yeah, it has. I mean, Winnipeg, you would have thought they were, you know, dead after losing two games at home. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's a good hockey club there. And that one line last night uh, won them the game for sure. But uh, they go on the road and win two games. Now, all of a sudden, it's back to uh, back to Winnipeg, uh, tied 2-2. So, again, I think Winnipeg will probably come out of that series just because St. Louis was on such a high. Now all of a sudden they're going back, you know, really questioning themselves for sure. And, you know, yeah. now they're now they're calling another goaltender up from San Antonio. So there's question marks there. So mm. again, they're going to feel the pressure going into Winnipeg. Interesting. And another, uh, or actually some controversy in some of the series. There's quite a few of them actually that I want to talk to you about and get your opinion on. Uh, San Jose Vegas series. There is a huge battle going on between Evander Kane and Ryan Reeves. And I've got a quote here that I want to read you because it's it's absolutely hilarious. It, it made me laugh. Kane says about Reeves, for a guy who plays three and a half minutes a night, he sure does a lot of talking. And I think he thinks it's the WWE. He's probably going to end up there pretty soon with the way his game looks. <laughs> yeah, that's Good awesome. trash talking. Yeah, it's trash talking, and again, uh, that's all part of it. But uh, you know that uh, Reeves brings a lot to their hockey club, and people don't realize it, man. I mean, guys like Pacioretty and uh, this Stone—they are—they're all of a sudden about uh, four inches taller and about ten pounds heavier every time Reeves sits on that bench with them. I know that I played that role. Uh, Reeves actually can play a little bit. Uh, he's a guy that doesn't sit on the bench. So again, he's trying to get Reeves off his game, trying to get him some. Uh, take some stupid penalties but again uh uh, trash talk never bothers these guys they just keep going and have a little bit of fun with it there was some pretty good uh fisticuffs going on too had a great fight in game three that was pretty entertaining yeah it was and i think that uh i think reeves actually has kane on his heels a little bit and uh Mm. obviously obviously after last night's game i think las vegas has san jose on its uh heels a little bit and that big question that big question mark Jones was out in the fir- after the first period again last night. Uh, uh, San Jose would shoot some 18 to seven in the first period, and they're down two nothing. That's crazy, man. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And tonight, or sorry, tomorrow night uh, will be Game Four for San Jose and Vegas. Um, they'll, they'll get a chance to try to either take San Jose out completely, or San Jose is going to have to try to fight to keep in it. Yeah, and I mean they played well last night, but again, you know. Seven shots, two goals against, and I'm not blaming Martin Jones. They're pretty good goals, but again, they've put it in Martin Jones' head now that he's not good enough. They took him out of that game last night. Right. I don't know. I don't know if that was a very good idea. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be question marks going back to San Jose, and that poor uh, Jones is going to be uh, licking his wounds. But they get paid the big money, and uh, they're professionals. So hopefully, he just uh, uh, takes that and uh, you know gets mad at the coach and uh, goes and plays his best game. I agree with you on that. Um, if they had taken out Bobrovsky Columbus's goalie in the first game when they were down 3 nothing, that might have been a different story. 
Yeah, I mean, for sure. And, uh, you know, that's Trotz. Trotz has been around the yeah. game a long time, and he uh, he believes and shows confidence in his players. And uh, sure enough, that was, a, that was a key move. You're right there. I never even thought about that, but that could have been uh, the escape goat they used for the first game, but they didn't. They stuck with their players that got them there, and uh, usually that's what good coaches do, stick with the players that got them there and uh, show them confidence because you cannot play or do anything in life if you don't have confidence, that's for sure. Exactly. And Bobrovsky's definitely given them some confidence now. Yeah. Speaking of upsets, um, there was one of the biggest upsets that has ever happened in NHL playoff history was the 81-82 Oilers versus LA Kings series. Do you yeah. remember that? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I wasn't there yet, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the Kings yeah. erased a five nothing third period deficit to come back in game three to win 6-5 in overtime. Yeah, I think Daryl Evans scored that game winner in overtime, didn't he? Yeah, I think that, uh, was, that was who did it. Yeah, it, that was the miracle on Manchester, they called it. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a bit of a bit of a meltdown there for sure. But again, that's what happens. And uh, uh, you get a little bit of momentum in this game and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're winning series and the next thing you know, you're in the Stanley Cup final. So, again, I repeat myself and say, that's a great thing about hockey. Tonight, we're going to sit yeah. and watch the hockey games and there's going to be all kinds of surprises that we didn't think that uh, uh, were going to happen before the game. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, the Toronto-Boston game four tonight. There's a little co- controversy there, too, with Kadri being suspended. Um, he was suspended for the first round, whether that be three, four, or five games. Um, it wasn't the number of games. It was just for the remainder of the round. What do you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, they just, yeah. Cause I mean, that could get pretty heated, man. That was, uh, that was a bit of a nasty cross check for sure. And, uh, obviously, you know, you put him back in the game in another, another game or two, there's something going to happen out there for sure. So mm. again, they probably did the right thing. I mean, in during this regular season, that's probably about 10 games, right? Yeah, I know, I know in the playoffs, Very usually every, everything gets cut in half. But uh, again, I think they just took him out of the they took him out of the out of the playoff series. And, uh, you know, is that fair? I don't know. But, you know, there was a lot of nasty stuff that was happening in that game that uh, that knee from uh, DeBrusque on Kadri. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that's where you expect the referees. The referees got to make those calls. And sometimes if you let too much of that uh, uh, away with, then all of a sudden, you know, the next guy said, geez, well, hey, I, he didn't get nothing for doing that. Maybe I can do this. So, right. again, they take the nastiness out. And you saw it the other night. There wasn't a lot of nasty stuff. So, again, they accomplished what they wanted. But I think still some of that could have, uh, and maybe the Cotter situation could have been uh, avoided if the right calls were made early in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope they, the, I hope the Leafs take that passion and turn it into something positive. You know, they really, that game, they really weren't playing with a lot of gusto. So I think Kadri, even though he crossed the line, you know, some people might think, um, he was the only one on the ice playing with any passion. So I hope that kind of turns things around for the Leafs. Yeah, and, you know, everyone's all over that cadre right now and everything like that. But you know what? Stuff's been happening for years and years and years. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of emotions are, are out in that ice, and it's it's difficult. 
until you realize how much emotion goes out there, then you don't understand. But if you're out there and you're playing and you're in the heat of the battle, you would understand sometimes things like that happen. And, uh, you know, if he, if he could take it back, he would, but he can't, but, you know, it was nice to see him. They showed him in the booth there a couple of times during the game when the Leafs scored and he was, it was still like he was on the bench and that's what you like to see. He wasn't sitting up and sitting up in the box pouting, you know what I mean? He was still, uh, uh, up there excited, jumping around, and that's what you really like to see. And, you know, the Leafs will probably move on, and uh, he'll get uh, get to go right back in the lineup, and hopefully Babcock puts him right back in the lineup, and, uh, uh, you know, that issue is over with and done with. I hope so. I don't want to jinx it, but I really hope they do move on. They seem to get a lot of momentum, actually, at the end of the last game, uh, when Mitch Marner just sacrificed his body blocking shots to save that game. So I'm hoping they're going to take that forward too. Yeah, and again, that uh, shows what Toronto is all about right now. I mean, a guy like that, you know, that, that puck was up top of the right in the middle of the ice there, and if he doesn't block that shot, that's got a good chance of going in. So again, this is what you have to do this time of year. You have to sacrifice, and uh, if they need to uh, see sacrifice, they'll show that clip at the beginning of uh, the game bef- uh, for the for the Maple Leafs in the dressing room for sure, and that's what it's all about: uh, uh, blocking shots, you know, you know, taking that punch in the face, and uh, and not retaliating. That's what you need in the playoffs. Yeah, and for a player of such quality of such skill as Marner to you know throw himself in front of a shot like that that's pretty impressive that tells a lot about a kid for sure and yeah. uh, and, a, and a hockey player it, uh, it shows that they want it and uh, it's a tough grind getting to the end of winning that cup but that's what you need on a nightly basis is that kind of stuff and uh, you just don't need it from your third and fourth line guys you need it from your first and second line guys too yeah absolutely Another uh, case of a skilled player doing something absolutely crazy. Ovechkin, what was that? When was the last time you saw the regular season goal scorer KOing a guy in the playoffs? That was insane. Yeah, it was. And, uh, you know, they were whacking, hacking, and uh, there's been some other stuff that happened uh, in the previous games, and uh, it just ended up coming to blows. But, uh you know, they were both uh, throwing a few punches, and then Ovechkin just got him in the right spot. When you get hit in that, sp- when you get hit in that spot, you're going down. So, again, you know, tempers flare. I mean, this is a big media uh, frenzy now about this Ovechkin and the, uh, the incident. But, you know, that happened all the time back in the day. You know, two, oh, guys, yeah. two guys fight, one guy gets knocked out, and, uh, you know, here they're running with it in the, in the paper and stuff like that. But... You know, when you drop your gloves, you take your chances, and both guys dropped their gloves there, and the end result wasn't very good for the Washington player. <laughs> yes, Sebastian wasn't too happy after that. But, I mean, the thing that amazes me is that Ovi is such a well-rounded player. Like, he's the regular season goal-scoring leader, and then he goes and he's able to fight and pull up his own, obviously, which impresses me. Yeah, he wasn't fighting a very big guy, but, you know. That's true. Ovechkin doesn't get to, he doesn't get paid to do that stuff. But, you know, you look, again, I always like to go back and, uh, you know, examples that I know about, but Mark Messier was uh, uh, one of the best players, if not the best player in the league next to Gretzky at that time. But uh, uh, when he fought, he would kill guys, man. So he only fought fought once in a while too. So, you know, like uh, Ovechkin, he's such a strong guy. And if uh, someone tries to test him, 
you know, he's going to uh, he's going to uh, uh, show them that he can fight. And, you know, that's probably why he gets so much room out, room out there, because, you know, yeah. Ovechkin, he plays a fiery game man. he's hitting. Oh, guys. Yeah. He's hitting guys all the time and he doesn't back down. I mean, he's running guys left and right out there. And that's probably why he gets so much room and no one does nothing back because there's the end result right there if you drop your gloves with Ovechkin. And Messier was the same. Messier would have been one of the toughest guys in the NHL if he was a fighter for sure. The only risk being that those guys that have the hands, have the skills, could actually get injured in a fight and then be out for the rest of the series. Yeah, you don't want uh, your best player, obviously, uh, uh, fighting but you know that situation there you, you you can't harness it you can't harness it it happened and uh, mm. and uh, things like that are going to happen uh, you thought it would have ignited his team but it didn't ignite his team so you yeah. know again they're in a different situation tonight they need to win that game tonight or it's going to go back to Washington 2-2 and when you start getting into a short series of two out of three anything can happen so Evetskin and the boys should be ready to go tonight. Yeah, and what did you think about the new hiring with the, the LA Kings? Yeah, I'm so glad they actually got him, that they acquired him. That's fantastic. For those who haven't heard, we're referring to the Kings hiring a new head coach in Todd McClellan. Yeah, it is good news. I saw that, and, uh, you know, I had the uh, uh, pleasure of uh, coaching against uh, uh, Todd McClellan when I was out in Western Hockey League was with uh, Prince Albert Raiders and he was with the Swift Current Broncos so uh, he's a great guy uh, he's got a great record things didn't work out in Edmonton but right now I think Edmonton's in a bit of disarray and uh, I don't know what's going to happen there but I think uh, Todd will go into LA he's uh, players like him as a coach I think it's uh, a great acquisition by the LA Kings and we said it was going to be uh, interesting offseason and mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a real good start for the LA Kings there and a lot of people in LA for sure are going to be happy with that move yeah that's fantastic and it's great that they acquired him so soon in the off in the la kings offseason um it's great that they get that under under their belt out of the way um so they can start focusing on their strategy for the future yeah and that's what you want to do want them to make a decision early and uh, you know when you get a chance to get a guy like mcclellan the best thing is to get it done and over with. And uh, like I said, now you're going to get ready for the June draft. He's going to get Philly Mirror with the pay, uh, for the, with the players. And just a great move by the LA Kings. Absolutely. There's a lot of exciting things going on in the league right now, even though the Kings season is over. We'll just have to, uh, you know, focus on some other teams for a while. Could get a little exciting, I think. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, me and you are not going to make any more predictions until <laughs> Until actually the Stanley Cup Finals, maybe we'll bring that back out on the table, all right? <laughs> okay. Actually, I think what I'm going to do is my prediction for the Boston-Toronto series is I'm going to predict, I'm going to come out and predict that Boston's going to win just because my record has been completely wrong. So I'm hoping well, to I'm the, jinx I'm, Boston. I'm right there with you, so I'm going to say Boston wins it in seven. <laughs> Let's hope our strategy works. And we want to know what you listeners out there think. What are your playoff predictions? You can send them to us at Shannon Believes, either on Twitter or Instagram. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.